Good morning, Ms. Patricia. My name is Robert Gibbons. I'm a volunteer here at the Brooklyn Public Library. Today is May 19th. 19th. May 20th. May 20th. Thank you for that correction. May 20th. And we are here as a part of the initiative of the Oral History Project here in Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn Public Library. A little noisy because we're in the room, the trustee room, but I'm so glad that you decided to do do this with me. You're, you're, you're the first person of the day, so that's a wonderful thing. So what is your Brooklyn story? My Brooklyn story is I, I went to school in Brooklyn in the 70s. Graduated from Pratt Institute. In those days I lived in Queens. I moved in, I moved to Brooklyn in about 1979, 19, about 1981, and about 1981 I moved into Brooklyn, and I'm still living in the same place on Press Media House Gardens. Um, my daughter was born in that same area, she was born and bred and grew up in that area, went to school at PS241 on President Street. Um, I gave a scholarship to prep school, but the school didn't know and came back to me. I have seen this neighborhood evolve into what it is today. Uh, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Talk a little bit about the bad thing. The bad thing is I see some of our people of color getting forced out of the neighborhood. As people of color, not getting the jobs in the neighborhood. Um, even though there are many projects going on in the neighborhood, like the King's Theater, the Barclay Center, that kind of stuff, we're not getting the management jobs. We're all getting the low paying jobs. And, you know, some of the jobs are not even paying nothing to do that. That's part of the problem. So, um, what brings you to the library today? Um, I retired two years ago from the board of Ed, and now I um, keep myself busy. I go to the library, I go get books out of the library, and now I look and see what some of the stuff that the older adults. I usually come to the library on, week, on Wednesdays in the summer when they have the concerts in the plaza. Been doing that for us maybe two, three years. So I don't know when that one starts, but Wednesday. And now I'm going to take part in some of these other stuff. I see there's a jewelry making dance. Amazing. So, is there teaching in your background? or? Uh, I'm a nutritionist. Tell us a little bit about what a nutritionist does and your experience as a nutritionist in the border area. Um, well, as I said, I went to craft in the 70s. And in those days, Pratt Institute, everybody knows Pratt Institute as an um, or fashion school. In those days, when I went to Pratt, Pratt had a school of nutrition. So people come in and did nutrition at Pratt. Yes, I did because we had a school of nutrition because we were very, very well. Because we also ended up getting a, a, pre, a degree also in um, pre-med. So Bachelor of Science degree in nutrition with pre-med. Um, nutrition, when I did nutrition, everybody had to do it differently. We already did nutrition, it was up the whole body. So we could have ended up working anywhere, in nursing homes, hospitals. We were the person who had to calculate the balance. Mm -hmm. We wanted to live in the kitchen, we were the one who 
we've done the floors, even if you work in the kitchen, you put the thing like the oceans and one with you. The doctor gave me diabetic diet, supposed to be a nutritionist, and they calculate the calculate. Doctors can't really do that kind of stuff. The thing is, they really can't. You know, it's nutritionist. They give you um, like a beautiful, sweet diet. The nutritionist is the one who stopped doing the work. That was what nutrition And I'm guessing in later years, I ended up doing more food after I went to the board. Well, I would ask for this. I used to go for a while. And then when I went to the board, that kind of got lower because in the board of bed, you know, I do that. You know, we just do like many planning. And then we do it here. But in those days, we had many planning, supervision of the kitchen, supervision of preparation of food. That's a very interesting thing because I've had a lot of experience in school and I'm not supposed to talk very long, but I just want to say this. The nutritionists were the people behind the scenes that we never knew. How, 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 you just, you just told me something very interesting that you all were the ones that ran, kind of ran the kitchen in the lunchroom and in the cafeteria. Okay, so as, as opposed to kids. How, how does the nutritionist work within a school? Well, within a school, in late years, as I said, we ran the kitchen, we did the, we did the menus. Usually, in, within schools, you had three or four sites. So you ready them stay in there for one day, and you know, but you, you kind of, you get, um, you grow accustomed to your staff, because every school has a staff. You judge the staff. So you come in, you write your menus, you did your menus, you did your ordering. We did the supervision, and we left the cook was more or less in charge of the day-to-day operation of that school. The dietitian or the school food. We, in, 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 in school foods, we call it uh, school food manager. They were in charge of the operation. So we did that. We had, we had, we wanted the communication with the principals, with the parents, with the kids, with the custodian, whoever we had, we had communication with them. If there's a problem dealing with things with the custodian, it's with the custodian. If you think that you want to see the principal, we don't have a new, a new idea who's going to come and see the principal. If there was something you wanted to relay, you had meetings. We supposed to have these um, nutrition meetings. I don't know how much they have in Yang, but where we're supposed to have representatives and parents and parents. We think about the one person and then I can make a kid from each class and talk about it for this so you you are just opening up a whole area that I had no idea about being a person in a school working in a school I worked in school many years yeah and I didn't know that nutritionists did all of that yeah. you know but it seems like it's, it's 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 very very important and very relevant you know did you all make like specific menus for specific kids let's say I had a kid in there that had diabetes did you make specific menus for well, kids? We didn't really make specific menus for them but if the parent came to you you would kind of adapt it Okay. Because what, what happened was, you know, we were telling them, we can't do this one. This is the menu. You know how bad your kid is in that. I can kind of help you along. 
they say that, you know, that even if you can't have, you count in the calories, you can't have the juice, you need to teach your kid what they can have. And when you can't hey. come up to that line, hey. you need to tell me what, I can't have that. I, I don't have, wow. you know, kid. I, I have 500 kids, I'm, I'm not even there. My people, they can't remember every kid every single day. You know, some parents have a, uh, I think that, no, that's, this is not a hospital where you do one more. That's right. That's so right. So you have to teach your kid exactly what they can eat and what they can't eat. Mm. You can't let your kid eat something that's going to blame me out. That's, I can't, you know, your kid has to do You don't eat pork, but now they don't always say pork. You know, they don't stop eating. Mm. You know, kids can't eat pork. Why would they take a baby? I didn't give them, I mean, I didn't give them because they took the baby. My mama stopped giving them big because it's too good. But if your kid knows you eat, why did they get it? Mean, this is, they know all their life they don't eat. And so you have to teach your kids from the local exactly what they're supposed to eat. Because they're going to do what their friends do. So they have to be very soldier and People don't understand that. And when they come and say, oh, this is, man, this is not a hospital. It's not a hospital. Nutritionists will come and you need to do all the stuff. And when you get your tray, the tray is geared specifically for you. This is a school center, you have a thousand kids, so that's what we're but we already have all that. But what we think is what they don't have the color ring, they don't have the soil and that kind of stuff. So we try to keep, you know, try to be a balanced, healthy stuff so we can eat everything. But your kids already know I can't drink it. I want to tell you that. Michelle Obama will be in the city next week. What do you think about her initiative with fighting obesity? I think that was a very, very good initiative. I have found too many kids. And I have looked at kids coming in. I mean, I don't work any, but I've looked at kids coming in the morning and they have chips and the soda. I'm like, why do chips and the soda at 8 o'clock in the morning? It's kind of like that. But as you eat some bread, I don't like that bread. But this bread this is nutrition. <laughs> nutrition is the yoga. But why are you eating chips and a soda? Well, I was eating peanuts. I kind of told them that they would bring them lunch and kind of look to see what they do. Right? All kind of stuff. I'm telling yeah, you, it's amazing what you're bringing up. I mean, hey. You know, they don't have anything, no salads. Our kids don't eat salad. Now most of the schools have salad bars. I mean, all the schools have salad bars. When I was in this we had, we had salad bars for many, 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 many years. Mm -hmm. And I would look at the kids and say, oh, they're going to make a mess and do it. Oh, my God, why are you doing that? So you can't even afford this stuff here. Are you pancake? Or to buy it. Never thought about it. Then you go and you make, like, you dump it. I mean, it could, I mean, you have strawberry, you know, these things. Kind of, I just feel like I'm putting them down. The interest case, why are you coming out and taking this trade all over the place? Or pelting it and then throw it at each other. Do you know how, what kind of power you're talking about? You're talking about disrespecting the food. Yeah. I think with grapes, that's why you have some. I, I mean, I've had Christmas. Do not say any grapes. Do not say grapes. Say grapes expensive. Oh, I don't want to eat my grapes. But then the kids, they don't 
break your neck. But it's expensive commodity. And you're getting braids. Because in those days, nowadays, they're a little bit more strenuous with that. But then there'll be some older braids and strawberries. The straw will just dump everything in the bed. They take the tray from you and then they give you the garbage. I, I used to look. I mean, you know, take the tray from you, but they only want one thing on the tray. So you take the bone and then you just dump it in the car. As many kids out there from the third world who don't have anything to eat. So sometimes when you, eat, when you have a nutrition meeting, you think you discuss it. Not even movie, like you just you're dumping all this food in the garbage. But the day you don't have it, everybody's parents is up in arms. Miss Patricia, you are a powerful woman. I'm so glad that you had you you spoke with me on this issue. So tell us as we close this out. Tell us what is the future for you and 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 and, and you in Brooklyn. What's what what's the future outcome for you in Brooklyn? Well, I'm a Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn. I'm not moving anywhere. I'm moving south. That's not even my plan. I want to stay up and be an energetic, positive person. I talk about other young people, but I encourage them while they like some of them have these jobs, and I don't get caught up with this money, this low-paying job. Try to, especially if you're young, there's a lot of opportunities in Brooklyn. You need to find them and educate yourself. And whoever can, I can, if I can engage one element that, so you have to go to college, you get a certificate in something. There's a lot of stuff out there to get a certificate in. If you research it, you'll find it. But there's a lot of free stuff you can get a research. Do that. Don't sit here and because you're making $60 an hour, I said, you don't want to be doing that until you get to 40. You know what I mean? When you're 19, it looks nice. But if you're young, you're still young, you got your whole life, do something else. Get yourself a decent job so you can be more productive and you can take care of your family later on. And you can retire like me and live the life. You can jump on a plane when you want to. I mean, you know, you don't know, but this is what we kind of tell them. Because this is what I'm trying to see all of that. Uh, I said, I'm good. I'm, I said, maybe when I was 24, I'm going to come since I'm 24, but I see a favor for me. I, you know, I can do what I want now. I educate my daughter, she's grown, but I was able to educate. And that's her life, what she got to do, what she got to do. I did what I had to do. I, I did the school fees thing, I did the whole bit. And I was a single parent. Thank you so much.